Welcome to The Grind, a podcast about the church planting process and missional strategies to make disciples of all nations. Coming to you from the offices of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, here are your hosts, Dave McClung and Chad Grigsby. Well, welcome back to the next episode of The Grind, ladies and gentlemen. As always, I am Dave McClung, and with me is, I'm bringing it back, folks, the illustrious Chad Grigsby. Thanks, Dave. Good to be with you. I am uh, your Vanna White to your Pat Sajak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I am the epitome of Pat Sajak. And I am Vanna White, yeah. evidently. Yes, so. yeah. When, when you think of Vanna White and Pat Sajak, we are the people that, we are come, the to people that come to mind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we do need to give a shout out to our buddy Andrew Munnicky, who is quite brave today right. for letting us loose in his office and his church mm-hmm. uh without proper supervision yes so andrew if you listen to this we love you buddy and thanks for letting us borrow hill church for this interview yes and uh we'll try not to defile your office while you're away <laughs> no promises <laughs> no, no not at all not at all and so uh so all right so we are excited today to uh have our good buddies ryan and laura hairston with us from Frisco, Texas. Say hello, Ryan and Laura. Hello. Hello. It's good to be with you guys. And we're so glad that they uh, showered before coming to this right. podcast. And uh, right. and so uh, they're so nice. <laughs> good thing you can't smell it. <laughs> good thing this isn't a TV show. Right? That's right. And they're very happy that we pointed that out. So uh, <laughs> friendship over. Thank you. So. <laughs> No, right. no, we. I tell you, we've uh, we've been excited, looking forward to this, and uh, uh, gosh, we met what five, six, seven years ago, At something least. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah centralized, and and uh, you know, talking Forge hubs, and end up leading a Forge hub in Little Rock for a little while, and and uh, so uh, love this couple and their passion for mission, their love for Jesus, and love for their neighborhood, and so we're going to kind of talk about all that kind of stuff today. And so why don't you guys kind of take a minute and talk about your ministry backgrounds, you know, leading up to and planting your missional community, then house church in your neighborhood, uh, and your involvement kind of with, uh, and we'll get in more detail with Forge Network, Network, but kind of leading up to that as well. Sounds great. Thanks again for having us. Um, well, me and my wife, Laura, who is here, feel free to interrupt me at any point, Laura. I'm good at that. There we go. <laughs> um, we are, um, so... Prior to about seven years ago, we've served in churches for at least 10 plus years. Mainly, I've done a lot of student ministry work. And then, Laura. Yeah, I did a lot of worship ministry. So, So, yeah, so that's where we spent a good portion of our kind of Christian adult lives is serving in the local church. We love the local church, believe in the local church. And then about seven years ago, eight years ago, we had a bit of a transition that... um, kind of propelled us outside of the walls of the church into a little bit of a different type of ministry. So I can share more of that um, at any point. So that was short, sweet, to the point it right was. there. It was. And, and yeah. I, did, I, I must, I I, you, you did well. I must say that I also let you guys know you are the first husband and wife team that we've had on the podcast. So <laughs> momentous occasion. That's, <laughs> that's what right. I'm talking about. More of that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I think we said as we were leading up to the conversation that you guys started a missional community outside of your neighborhood, but now you have kind of what you would call a church or house church in your neighborhood. Talk about kind of how the missional community side got started and all that transition that led you guys where you are now. You bet. Um, So for us, we kind of stepped away from our positions at the church because we just grew really discontent, uh, maybe with the status quo um, and asking the questions, are we being everything that God's called us to be as Christ followers? And are we really engaging the places that we live? Um, Honestly, I would tell you that we lived at that point in our Um, of our lives in our neighborhood for two years. And we kind of looked up one day and we began to realize that, man, we don't know any of our neighbors. Uh, We didn't know their names. We hadn't met them. We didn't spend time with them. Um, And even more so, we didn't really have any friends at that point that weren't 
Christ followers. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our friends um, consisted with people in the church. And I just began to really wrestle with that and ask the question, somewhere along the way, did we miss Jesus? Um, because it seemed like a majority of the people that Jesus hung out with were um, the rough, the outcast, the uh, quote-unquote sinners. Um, he befriended sinners. He was always around those types of people, and he was very rarely around and hung out with the religious folks. Mm. And so it began to make us ask the question, um, what would it look like for us to read Jesus ourselves, to to re-see Jesus as the Gospels paints him? Um, because I think for a long period of time, we made Jesus look more like us than we really began to look like him. And so early on, um, as we transitioned out of our jobs um, at the local church, we just asked the question, what would it look like for us to live as Jesus in our neighborhood? And um, we knew we couldn't do it alone. So we kind of cast a vision to four or five families and asked them if they would be willing to go on an experiment with us for a year, which turned into a few years. Um, to go on an experiment and say, what would it look like for us to read through the Gospels over and over and over again, um, commit to some practices, and I can share about those, um, um, but and then to live as Jesus in our neighborhoods and to actually live as if Jesus were living in our homes, on our streets, amongst our neighbors. And so that kind of began our first community on mission with about five families and we begin to go on this journey of trying to ask those questions. Um, and so we did that for about three years um, with some friends, none of which lived in our neighborhood. And then um, about three years into that, we actually had a church start in our neighborhood. So we began with um, nine families from our neighborhood who we had spent a lot of time getting to know building some proximity with them, having a presence in their lives, uh, really looking to them as people that could, not just folks that we could bring value to, but asking the question, what's the value they could bring to me? I know we look different, we act different, we think different, we're from different parts of the country. We all have different histories and habits, but I really think that these folks could bring value to me. Um, Trying to just really imitate the posture of Jesus. And... um, so after three years of just sharing a lot of life with folks, we had been um, having Sunday brunches in our home with neighbors. And one of these Sunday brunches, one of our neighbors said, um, I don't really know what church looks like. Uh, that's kind of not our thing, but this feels like church. Could this become our church? <laughs> and, um, so it was kind of funny. And I said, well, I think we probably ought to talk a little bit more about what that looks like. And said, so let's go to breakfast this week. Let's hang out and talk. So we went to breakfast that week, and um, this fella is from upstate New York. He had moved here for work, Um, and we just kind of talked a little bit about what church would look like if we were going to have a church start or a faith community or a missional community start um, in our neighborhood. And so I just, in the simplest ways that I knew how, I said we would really want to commit to sharing some life with one another, not just... um, you know, I upset you and the relationship ends, but we really actually begin to share life and talk about forgiveness. And um, we do some of those types of things. Um, and then in addition to sharing life, we would really try to see our neighborhood look more like heaven than earth. And in this three-year period of getting to know folks and spending time with folks and having people into our home, we had a lot of opportunities to talk about Jesus and the kingdom of God and, and heaven. And so I said, you know, if we're going to be a church, we really got to focus on seeing our neighborhood look more like heaven than earth. And I said, and then I said, the third thing is that we've got to look to Jesus um, initially as our guide. I said, for me, he's more than that. He is my Lord. He is my savior. I've given my life to him. I want to follow him. But would you be up for at least starting with looking to him as a guide? And he's like, I got no problem with any of that. So when do we start? (laughs) And I said, well, why don't you send out the email? I don't want to send out the email. This was your idea. This was not my idea. And so I gave gave all the email addresses to him. And I said, hey, if you want to start a church in our neighborhood, you've got to be the one to do it. Um, And so he sent out an email to about 10 families and um, said, hey, I talked to Ryan. I think we're going to start church in our neighborhood. These are the three things that he mentioned. So do you guys want to get together next week instead of doing brunch every Sunday every or a Sunday a month? We'll just do it every other week. And so 
week get later passed and we all met together with nine families in our neighborhood and um, none of which had a faith background. So these were all people that were not a part of a local church in any capacity. Some of them had a faith memory, um, kind of growing up in the Northeast or the Midwest of some sort, but that was really the extent. Um, and so we began gathering with a group of folks every other week now in our neighborhood and um, looking to Jesus, committing to some practices, trying to see our neighborhood look more like heaven than earth and really just committing to sharing life. So did I leave anything out? Well, no, I, I mean, the only thing I would say as part of that is, you know, we didn't just come in and say, let's start a church. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we have to do it in this exact way. And we, it's got to, this is the steps and, um, it, it was just neat to see it form. And, and that honestly was really hard for me um, because I am such a procedural person. <laughs> I like systems and I'm very, very type A. And um, I mean, even when I, I started doing um, mentoring girls in our neighborhood and um, I felt just because of how I grew up and what I knew, it was, I've got to go find a Bible. I need to go to Lifeway and I need to find a Bible study book. And we've got to go through this. And, and, I remember Ryan saying, like, it doesn't have to look like that. We mm. have, like, we can get creative and have freedom and just allow, you know, the Holy Spirit to just form it. Yeah. And so um, I think that was so beautiful about what's happened is that we really can't take any credit mm. for anything because um, we didn't, I mean, yeah, we gave our lives to people and we built relationships, but we really did just join God in what he was already doing. Yeah. And yeah. He, and he built his church, you yeah. know, so. Well, there, there are two stories I've heard you guys tell uh, individually. You know, Ryan and, and this guy that sent out the emails may have been this guy, the guy mowing his yard that you went across the street. <laughs> you got to tell that story. And then, Laura, uh, how the mentoring girls developed out of uh, working out with their moms at the gym and kind of yeah. how that progressed. Because so I'd really like for our folks to, to understand like this is not rocket science. Mm. It, it's just building relationships and having conversations with people that God chooses to use to expand into bigger, bigger things. And yeah. so, tell both of those stories, you know, so our folks can can hear those stories. You bet. It was funny. I um, it was kind of early on in this journey, some seven years ago. I just really began to realize that we had missed Jesus in our neighborhood. Um, and so the spirit was doing a lot of work in me in me and i remember driving home one sunday afternoon and getting out of my car after um after church one morning and um i saw my neighbor across the street um mowing his lawn and um i really have never interacted with our neighbor a whole lot um he's a big guy this guy in particular he's from boston um he's i don't know six four 275 pounds. Um, I didn't know that necessarily at the time that he was from Boston, but I knew that he was quite intimidating. <laughs> and um, and uh, so I just felt the spirit just kind of like really pressing like on me to say, Ryan, you need to go apologize. Like this is where this journey starts. Mm. And um, it starts with repentance. And so um, so I got out of my car and I didn't have a clue what I was going to say. And um, he's over there and he's mowing his lawn and he has his earphones in and I'm walking up to him and he kind of just takes him a second. And then he like just glares at me before he takes his earphones out. <laughs> like, what in the world are you doing on my piece of property? Like, please leave. Um, and I still am standing there by uh, <laughs> all common sense. So he takes his earphones out and he's like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> um, this is not the way that I wanted this to go. I was thinking, hey, how are you doing, neighbor? It's great to see you. That yeah. wasn't it. Mr. Horst <laughs> does not prepare you for this. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, hey, I, I know this sounds really, really odd, but um, I just got to tell you that I'm sorry. Um, I have lived in this neighborhood for two years, and I don't know anything about you. And I'm realizing that I have missed out on, um, of course, bringing any value to this neighborhood. But more than that, I've missed out on the value that my neighbors could bring to my life. And um, I'm just realizing that's not the way of Jesus. And I, I've screwed up. And I just want to tell you that I'm sorry. And um, I don't know what I was expecting, maybe a hug or... <laughs> uh, uh or 
I completely understand. Can you tell me the, <laughs> you know, the plan of salvation or something? Um, of course, it never happens that way. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, um, but anyways, he says, all right. Puts his earphones back in, cranks up the mower, and he gets on. And uh, so you're like, good talk, bro. Good talk. All right. Yeah. Knuckles. Out. Yeah. And, uh, I walked back to the house very defeated. But funny enough, um, we did the rest of the afternoon. I'm sure we watched the Cowboys lose that afternoon. Yeah. And then um, we put kids down. We were just kind of hanging out um, that evening. And I got a text message and um, from a number that I didn't know. And it was just, hey, great talking today. Uh, we should find a time to grab some breakfast and catch up and talk more. And I remember taking my phone and showing it to my wife like, I don't know this number. Do you know this number? And she looks down. She's like, um, that says Boston, Massachusetts on where it was from. Um, Ryan, that's our neighbor. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I'm the brains. I'm the brains in the relationship. Yeah, oh, yeah there's there's no doubt. No yeah. doubt. No doubt on that one. Um, but sure enough, that was just a start to a friendship in a relationship, we grabbed breakfast that week and then we started doing breakfast uh, once a month and we started inviting more neighbors to it and we called it First Fridays and we would go find a different breakfast joint in town and we would have breakfast before everybody headed off to work. Um, it was just a way to begin building relationships with people and engaging the neighborhood and asking really genuinely the question, like, I, like, what is the value these people can bring to my life? I know they don't believe the same thing I believe, and I know they're not Christ followers yet, but they're still made in God's image, and I can still benefit from a relationship with them. Trying to see them as people um, in a friendship, not just a project. Yeah. Um, so. Because I do think it's a fine line of, you know, you want to live intentionally, um, but then it's that, like, you just, okay, how am I just building this relationship? And not it's this isn't a means to an end for us. Yeah. Um, and so I think, but there's always that fine yeah. line of, do you know, kind of checking your heart. Um, because if they never accept Christ, I can't move on to another neighborhood or another neighbor. Like he's still going to be my neighbor and right. we're still going to be friends. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to be like, Oh, sorry. I'm out. You're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so what do I do? I, and part I of it is that that stuff that they have experienced, mm. um, these people just kind of inviting them to their church. And that was a big thing at our church was invest and invite. And, you know, part of it was we didn't have time to invest in anybody because we were so busy. Um, and then it just felt sometimes like I didn't want to just go put a card in their mailbox without like having a genuine relationship with right. them. And so, yeah. um, anyways, people would do that. And then I'd say, I'm just not coming to your church. And then they would kind of wash their hands. And I, I feel like that's not the way Jesus would have done it either. So yeah. there's got to be a balance. But mine was... Um, one of my neighbors was uh, going to work out at this boot camp class. And part of me, I was just saying, how can I be intentional? How can I just start building relationships with people? And so um, she was somebody I'd kind of connected with. And so she's like, hey, let's go to boot camp. And I was like, sure. And then she said it was at 5 a.m. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I get myself into? But it turned out to be really be a beautiful thing. And I, I started building that relationship with her. But then I remember we're in a gym at a YMCA and we're just kind of running laps just to warm up. And I remember God just going, this is your context too. You know, we always say, what, especially in Forge, you know, we have people name their context, yeah. whether it's their neighborhood or their gym or, you know, what, are, what, and then what's your third place, things like that. So I just remember going, oh my gosh, this is my context too. And so I've got to start, you know, putting on my listening ears. I got to start seeing with the eyes of Jesus here as well. And how can I listen and, and what does God want to use me here for? So um, we would go to coffee afterwards and one mom said, Hey, I'm just really struggling with my teenage daughter. And I was just listening to her and I felt a nudge from the spirit just to say, Hey, you know, I'll meet with her if you want me to, especially because of our youth background. And so she was like, wow, you would do that? Why would you do that? And I said, well, I always had a mentor um, growing up and I think it's really helpful. It's great to have somebody outside of your mom um, to be able to talk to at times. And um, she was like, oh my gosh, that would be fantastic. So we started grabbing coffee, you know, once one time a week before school and we would just talk life. They didn't attend church anywhere. And so, yeah, we went 
did that. And then all these other moms started hearing I was doing this and they're like, can you meet with my daughter? And I had a few neighborhood starting that too. Could you meet with mine? And I was like, you know what, let's just all, you know, gather together. So we started just meeting for a meal and just talking life and talking about our highs and our lows. And, you know, that always leads to so much more and um, to what they're going through. And so um, we did that and they somewhat, like someone in the group said, I heard there's a story about this woman in the Bible. And I was like, yeah, there's several. What? And she's like, some queen. And I was like, Esther? And so we went in to do that and we went to John. So it was really, it was a really neat thing. And that's kind of even how our other, yeah. how our church formed as well is because a few of these parents, their daughters were in my group. And so they started going, well, what's our group thing going to be? My daughter has this group thing. And, you know, so, like, we want one too. We want one too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. here's the emails. You can send it out. That's but, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to your point, Dave, like it, it, these weren't things that, you know, we had to manipulate to happen. You know, we yeah. were just there and we, we listened and, and we just said yes and we were obedient and yeah. um, allowed God to, to grow it. So yeah. It's cool to think that that kind of was birthed out of saying yes to a 5 a.m. workout, you know? Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I remember when you guys shared that story at Centralized in Little Rock. Um, and I, I think it's important, too, because uh, I think a lot of women, especially planters' wives, feel like they're kind of on the outside looking into ministry. And to hear you talk about your story that, you know, you just said yes to a workout— which led to a, a conversation with a girl, which led to a group mentoring, which birthed, you know, in, in a sense, a, a house church. So it's really neat to think of the of the power of of just being in your neighborhood, being where you live, investing where God has placed you, and being faithful to do that. I think a lot of the ladies that we know, especially planters, need to hear that, be yeah. encouraged by that. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. And most of the time, I always say most of the men are the ones talking about it and thinking about it, but the women are the ones that are actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. Got to defer to the women and got yes. to defer to our wives in a lot of ways to say, what do you think? Like, yes. Yeah. Let's guide our family into this because if not, we're going to create a situation where one is running way ahead of the game and everybody else in the family is being kind of left behind. And um, something, I mean, God speaks to women completely differently than he speaks to men. Yeah. And he, women are the ones that end up nurturing really deep, true relationships that most of us men have a hard time with. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, our, our, uh, we've got a, a group that meets in our neighborhood, in our home. And, uh, uh, my wife was laughing at me the other day cause she and the ladies talk every day. I think, I mean, they're texting back and forth. They're calling one another, checking on one another. And one of the guys in our group just passed, a very significant test for his job he's been working on for about a year and mm -hmm. has tried two or three times and has failed it well he finally passed it and she she said you know jared passed his test I'm like no she said do you guys not ever talk and i'm like <laughs> no every once in a while i mean we're going to buffalo wild wings you know next week i mean you know, what more do you want and right. uh but uh so you know oh, did jared man. not text you no jared didn't text me you know we'll find out when we meet tuesday night and right. uh, <laughs> so but it, it's true i mean yeah. and they're i mean they're thinking uh you know missional engagement stuff they're thinking where are we going you know the guys just kind of show up and just hang out and and we're great once we everything's planned and you know we're there but but they're the right. ones that are leading out in this it's just so funny yeah, she gets on to me all the time for running nine to nothing and not checking on the guys. <laughs> like that's not a guy thing to do, you know. So <laughs> we're kind of emotionally stilted that way. And uh, but anyway, well, uh, you know, to kind of segue from that, you know, talking about, you know, it, it was both of you guys engaging in really different spheres that kind of all merged together uh, to pull this this church out of this neighborhood talk about kind of weekly rhythms in that particularly laura from a mom's perspective you know and and how your kids are a part of that and doing you know life on mission together because it is a you know if you're if 
it's easy to have proximity. It's not always easy to have presence. Presence is going to require some sacrifice and hmm. and uh, some investment. And so, and you guys have invested, you know, heavy from a five o'clock workout to an awkward conversation across the street <laughs> to, you know, it requires some investment to, to put yourself out there. So kind of talk about weekly rhythms, what that looks like for your family and uh, as you guys engage your neighborhood. Man, I'll tell you, um, early on we were – well, of course, at times I feel so clueless at this, but early on, we I found ourselves swinging from one end of the spectrum to the other on how we engage, when we engage, how much we engage, and who we engage with, um, how are we spending time with believers, how are we spending time with those that are not yet Christ followers, and we were all over the place, and so we were like, we were searching for, man, what are just some practices that we can commit to on a regular basis mm-hmm. as a family? And so for us early on, we were, um, we kind of had heard about and read about and learned about a set of practices that a guy named Michael Frost, who's the founder, one of the founders of Ford, established in his church in Australia called Bells. And it's just an acronym, um, and each letter stands for something. The B stands for bless, the E stands for eat, the L stands for listen, the other L stands for learn from Jesus, and the other, the last, um, the S stands for sentness. And so, we just begin to say every two weeks, then what does it look like for us as a family and us as individuals um, to bless two people, somebody that's a part of our um, our church group um, or missional community, and then somebody that's in our neighborhood. Um, so we just, a blessing can be any um, act of kindness, a kind word, it could be a gift or an encouragement or... And part of that bringing our children along in the, the blessing part was, you know, they were going to school so they yeah. could do that at school. But one thing we started doing was, um, you know, what would be maybe our tithe um, or some of it, we would put just in an envelope. And at dinner, we would just pray that God would help us know who maybe this needed to go to. And so we brought them even along because sometimes, you know, when we tithe, it just kind of goes out of our checking account and like our kids aren't always a part of it. Um, and so that's been really, really neat. Yeah. Like they've been able to see tangibly like, where that's gone or who's needed that and who we've been able to. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, the one day that our daughter came down, she's like, I really, we have a friend that's walking through cancer and they're like, I really think we need to give this money and our blessing envelope to our friend with cancer to help them pay for that. Or like, sure. So it's just in cash. And I mean, we don't have anywhere that we give. So we just put it in an envelope and ask the Lord kind of just lead us in that. Um, so the blessing was a big thing. The eating, we're asking the question, who can we eat with in our neighborhood? And, um, and then who a part of our faith community church, missional community, whatever you want to call it, can we eat with it? So we try to do two of those every two weeks. And part of that is just scheduling it on the calendar. We know that every Sunday evening we're going to have dinner um, and we're going to invite somebody from our neighborhood over. And we're just, we're going to let our, even let our kids help us. Yeah, that was a hard one because it's easy for us to go, oh, well, no, we'll connect with them. So let's invite this family over. And when our kids are like, no, we want to invite such and such, it's kind of like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's great, but sometimes it's just like, okay, yeah, that was a little awkward, but allow them to take part in that as well. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. Part of it too, we just said, hey, we just kind of explained to them, we're trying to follow Jesus. And when we look to Jesus, we see that everywhere he went, he was always blessing. Everywhere he went, he was always eating. And every time he did that, it was this little glimpse of what heaven is going to be like, whether it was generosity or inclusivity or hospitality or celebration, like, those are the things that we're trying to create here in our neighborhood. And you girls get to play a part. It's not just mom and dad. Like, we're in this together. Yeah. So um, the, the L then stands for listen. And so we just try to spend at least an hour a week listening to the Spirit, whether that's a prayer walk, or whether that's just on our own or in the evenings or in the mornings. Um, the next L was learn from the Jesus of the Gospels. So we're just always reading through the Gospels, um, always reading the stories of Jesus and reminding us who he is. Um in the hopes and in the fears that he would not look like us, but rather we would look like him. Yeah. Um, um, and then the S is sentness. And so um, we ask the question, um, where did we join Jesus in his mission? And then where did we miss him? Yeah. And something too, um, we have a journal as a family and we just call it our sentence journal. And so if, if one of them blesses somebody at school or like we've gotten emails from teachers before where, you know, our oldest Hadley 
they had a new student in school and she just took her in and she made her feel welcome and walked around the school. I mean, like, and their teachers take steps like email and, Hey, I just want to let you know. So we'll, we'll print that and put it in our blessing. You know, like this is how you bless. So, and then we ask, where did you join God? Where did you miss him? Um, And it's been, I mean, it's been really great. It was cool. Our girls went to this little camp in the city. Um, It's called Pine Cove camp in the city, but um, they were, one of them was talking to a little girl and she said, so where do you go to church? And Hadley was like, or no, I think it was our middle. She was like, well, we do this church in our neighborhood and where all these kids come and we get to play for a little bit. Then we all do our, you know, a meal together. And then we learn and we read it through the Bible together. And the school was like, I want to go to that church. (laughs) (laughs) But, But the cool thing about it was that Hensley said, this church that my family and I started. And so it was just, it wasn't just daddy started it or whatever. Mm. It was, they knew they got to participate in that and they feel ownership in it, which to me, and I mean, that's a rhythm for us is even when we meet with our group, it's not, you know, we don't send the kids somewhere else. Like they are part of our discussion. Um, And we, cause we learned so much from them too. Yeah. We've, we've really tried to do that. Um, one just really practical thing as a family is we've just tried to say, you get to, you each get to do one sport a season. Um, because having three children, I mean, we, our youngest isn't in anything yet, but it just, and we're in a culture where seriously, a kid could be in three different sports at one season and then they have three kids. So it's just all going you know, we're going a hundred miles an hour. So I think that we've had to just change it, like practically say we can, this is our rhythm as a family. Yeah. And this wasn't like exhausted all the time. Like mm. what, how are we showing other people? How are we being good news to our neighbors? If we look exhausted? Mm. Wow. You know? Yeah. We, we feel that tension too with four kids. And that's, that's what we've done with ours is you get one thing. And, yeah. uh, and so we've got, you know, we got a daughter in dance. I mean, that's she's not in sports. She's into dance. She's our princess, <laughs> <laughs> our youngest. And uh, we have, uh, well, three kids in band, but then we have two in taekwondo. I've got two black belts in my house. And so nice. as long as they're not as strong as I am and big as I am, I can still take them. But uh, those days are quickly uh, waning. And, uh, and so... Uh, but yeah, I mean, you have to, or you're just absolutely covered up and, mm. and no margin for, for anything. So. so those are some rhythms for us. Yeah. And we try to do that That's as good. individuals, or I mean, as a family. And then we try to do that as a, like uh, those in our faith community or our church or neighborhood, they're trying to participate in those things as well. And so when we gather, we just ask the questions, how did it go? And what'd you learn um, with your blessing and with your eating and with your listening and with your learning from Jesus and you know, where you're joining him and missing him. So it's been really helpful. So you're you're not actually doing like an organized study. You just kind of debrief the rhythms every time you get together. Yeah. And we're usually, we're usually reading or debriefing and then we're usually reading through a gospel. Um, So lately reading through the gospel of Mark and we just take turns on who gets to facilitate um, what they're learning and kind of discussion with everybody else in the group. Like this last Sunday, um, our middle, she, there was a story she had heard at camp and she wanted to read through that with everybody. So she got to actually lead the discussion. Yeah. So yeah. it's her turn to facilitate. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. All, so, right. Yeah. All right. So let's transition a little bit to some of the forge stuff because you've just, Ryan just been named the national director for Forge America. Congratulations. Congrats. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank really, you. really exciting. Our um, condolences, one. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Halter, okay. you sorry sucker. So, uh, <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about that role and kind of what you hope to see, you know, happen with Forge. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you guys know, and for those that maybe not aren't as familiar with Forge, um, we have a deep longing to see the reign of God revealed in the everyday places of life. Um, we want to see the places we live, work, and play look more like heaven than earth. And we feel like part of that and accomplishing that or in reaching that end is helping the everyday people of God who fill up these places, the neighborhoods, the workspaces, the, um, the places we play or we participate in watching our children play or whatever it might be. Um, we want to help them join God in his redemptive mission in those Mm. places. So um, I am 
honestly, I'm excited to um, and quite humbled to be able to give leadership to an organization that does that. Um, and also really humbled to be able to give leadership to an organization that has had that type of impact um, in my life. I mean, for us beginning this journey, it was folks like Alan Hurst and his writings and Michael Frost and his writings that really the founders of Forge that really influenced um, who we are as people and where we're at now in this journey. Um, so I'm really, really excited with Forge. One of the other things I'm excited about is how Forge has been partnering with local churches around the country. Um, not only do we train men and women to live as missionaries or to join God in his mission um, in the everyday places of his life and their lives, we do that all around the country. We feel like the best training happens in context or locally. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we've tried to establish these local hubs um, across the country. So right now we have um, 14 of those. And um, about a third of those are existing within the context of a local church. I feel like if there is a way that Forge America can serve the local church is by partnering with the church to provide resources and tools and a network and a tribe um, to provide access to thought leaders and, um, and missional practitioners from around the country and even around the world to help them as they navigate, navigate their church towards missional movement and to really empowering all people to participate with God in his mission wherever they're at. Because I, from what I've seen and what I know, um, movement has always happened when everyday ordinary people are empowered. Yeah. So we want to get after that and we want to help serve the local church in that. In fact, I had a, um, a pastor the other day um, visit with me and he said, Ryan, he says, I love what Forge is doing and I love the impact it has had in my church because I realized that my story as a pastor or a senior leader will only of my stories of missional engagement will only take my church um, so far mm. uh, because the people sitting in the seats yep. still look at me as the professional, yep. as the guy that's been trained to do this. And that's something I do, but that's not necessarily something that those that participate or observe do. And he said, what, what's been so helpful is having some stories of everyday people in our congregation that we've trained. And I've been able to share those stories and point to them in their seats and say, let me tell you about how um, Susie is doing this um, at her workplace. Let me tell you about how um, Jim is doing this um, on the basketball team he coaches. Let me tell you about how this family is engaging this neighborhood in this way. Let me tell you about how this stay-at-home parent is making a significant impact yeah. um, <clears throat> in their neighborhood amongst their, um, amongst their kids and their kids' friends and, and so on. And so... Um, so, so I'm uh, talking about that Dean. I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> it's like uh, your time is up. Please, yeah. talk. <laughs> yeah. Please stop uh, talking. And now. thank you. That's right. So he just said, even having those types of stories to catalyze their church towards movement has been so significant because mm. it's no longer just the story of the professional. Yeah. It's the story of the mom, the mechanic, the accountant, the artist. Um, the businessman, the businesswoman. And so having those, having a pathway and some resources and tools has helped significantly move their church towards, towards mission. Yeah. And so for, as an organization, we want to help say, how do we partner with the local church to help them as they're training men and women to live on mission, as well as individuals who have this heart to equip others for mission as well. So uh, there's a lot ahead and uh, I'm excited about what is to come. So, Well, and, and I heard uh, Rick Russell say one time that they do, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, uh, but he talks about, doing one-minute kingdom testimony videos every Sunday in their church. And it's average, ordinary, everyday people engaging in God's mission somewhere in their community. And they celebrate that every Sunday uh, yeah. by what did you do, what did you experience, and how did it change you? Those are the three questions they ask. And, yeah. and he said it, it transformed the culture in our church to where people start seeing these videos and thinking, well, I could do that. Uh, yeah. You know, to hear a story, well, I could go work out with some moms in my neighborhood at five o'clock in the morning. Hey, I could walk across the street and talk to my neighbor who's <laughs> mowing his yard and say, I want to get to know you. And yeah. uh, and so we, we try and make it harder than it is. But the reality is it, it nothing's going to happen until we take that first step and just say, yes, Jesus, I'll do this. Yeah. And uh, you yeah. do what you want to with it. 
I'm going to be obedient to what you've told me to do. And, um, and, and those are some of the things that Forge has meant to me as well. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, read the, the same stuff. I just finished, I'm ashamed to say this, and Alan and Deb don't hate me for this, but I just read Untamed. And uh, <laughs> it's been in my to-be-read pile for a long time. And so I just finished it this weekend. And uh, I, I don't know if there's a truer picture of who Alan and Deb are than that book right there. It's just it was so fun reading it, yeah. getting to yeah. knowing them like I do now, and thinking this is this is them. This is who they are. And yeah. uh, it was so encouraging, so challenging. Um, you know that that we have kind of tamed the gospel a little bit too much, and yeah. and it's kept us from taking these steps to engage people who don't know Jesus. And um, uh, we just, these are great reminders that it is not some weird, you don't have to make it weird. Just right. be a neighbor, be a friend and, and do that in Jesus and let him do what he does. And so, yeah. so sure. that's great. All right. So let's, let's kind of wrap this with, we always kind of wrap with this question. Um, cause you know, primarily outside our moms, who listen to this podcast is primarily <laughs> church planners, you know, mission yeah. engagement folks. So, uh, but our moms need to hear this as well. Uh, my mom does. Yeah. My mom doesn't listen to this podcast. My, I, mine doesn't. Yeah. Either. I don't mine know. We're fooling either. ourselves. And so, uh, uh, what, what would be one piece of advice or one thing you would say to, to church planners, to, uh, you know, folks that are wanting to engage a deeper level in mission, what would, what would be from each of you, you know, what would be one piece of advice you'd give? Man, that is a great, great question. Um, I was thinking about a little bit of this earlier today in another conversation that I had. And I was visiting with a church planter a few weeks ago as well, and we were talking about this same thing. And um, is, golly, in whatever way that you can combine your church plant with the context of your everyday life, I think the better. Hmm. Um, and I would say alongside that, um, I think so often in this culture, um, we have let American culture sit on top of our Christianity. Yeah. And so um, when it comes to planting churches, we're always thinking um, bigger, better, how much further can we go? How much further can we grow? And not any of those things are bad in themselves. Um, but we spend all of our time and energy running after those things. For me, the biggest tendency in my life is to look to those things how much can I achieve? How fast can I run? How much can we grow for my worth and value? Mm. And um, instead of saying all of that has already been set, how do I love my family really well? How do I slow down to include my family on mission? Um, how do I love my neighbors really, really well? Um, and then how am I just faithful in the few other things that God has given me? Um, for far too long, I feel like I was stressed, busy, worried, exhausted. And those were my answers when somebody asked me how I was doing. And I had a good friend say to me, um, Hey Ryan, you always talk about discipleship being allowing the priorities of the kingdom to rub off on others. Um, when you answer you're exhausted, you're tired, you're busy and you're stressed, that is no kingdom that anybody wants. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. So you need, you need to slow down yeah. and you need to figure out, um, how to, find your value in some other ways and not those things. There, in fact, there's, I read the, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying there's plenty of that in the outside world. You know, that's not good news that come to Jesus and have some of the same of the same stress, fear, you know, all that. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish your thought though. I was going to say, well, I, just, I read a quote by uh, Henry Nowen, and this is what he says. He says, um, try to give your agenda to God. Keep saying your will be done, not mine. Give every part of your heart and time to God and let God tell you what to do, where to go, when and how to respond. God does not want you to destroy yourself. Exhaustion, burnout, and depression um, are not signs that you're doing God's will. Mm. God is gentle and loving. God desires um, to give you a deep sense of safety in His love. Once you've allowed yourself to experience that, you'll be better discern um, who you are being sent to and how to continue to join God in His mission. Mm. that's great that's my one piece of advice yes yeah, sorry that it's 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 texting he's getting text messages that's, oh my god it's, it's so popular. that's right that's right it's tough to be popular. national director now you know that's right he's some kind of special kind of, kind of a big deal no, uh. um 
<laughs> you know, gosh, I was actually thinking about this this morning and this kept coming to me for so long. I mean, I grew up in the church. I was birthed in the Southern Baptist church and I have a lot of great foundations from that. I think, um, you know, the vertical relationship, like us and God, I mean, that's super important, but there's, I feel like for me, there was just so much, like that's kind of all it was. And then I feel like we heard missional and we went straight horizontal all the time, just giving and giving and giving. And we were the hands and feet, which was fantastic. But for me, like then I kind of neglected the vertical because um, I was just going and it was hard to slow down and just like, you know, read or, I mean, we were reading, but it wasn't like just sitting like, well, in there for me, I don't yeah, want to no, say absolutely. you. So when he was saying we were just kind of exhausted too, we were just overdoing it. But um, so I think there's got to be, and this would be for church cleaners too, because when you do kind of step into a new paradigm and you're unlearning some things and relearn, you know, learning some new things, our pendulum does swing. Yeah. And um, so you've got to maintain some balance in that. Like you've got, it's a both and. Um, the same with like, you know, we always talk about the micro church and the mega church. I mean, you've got to have, like, you still need to gather. You still need to scatter. Like there's got to be the both and. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to be straight one way or straight the other. So, and that's with everything. Yeah. How do you find balance? So how do you find balance in your relationship with God and then what you're extending and how do you find, you know, balance with your family and, and the, as well as what you're giving of your time to other people and, um, so just, I don't know the word that just kind of kept coming to me this morning was just finding that balance and it's a hard line. And that's where like walking in the spirit and, and, you know, going right when he says going right and going left when he says to go left. I mean, that's why it's so important. Um, but that's, I don't know. That's, that's just good. what I would share. Yeah, and good. listen to your wives. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. I mean, Cause my tendency honestly is to go, 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 yep. do, 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 be with folks, be with folks, be with folks. And I'm thankful for, Laura and her gifting because she's the one that reminds us to say, Hey, let's slow down. Yeah. Let's mm -hmm. Take time. Like our worth isn't in how much we accomplish. Like yes. we've also got three kids that mm -hmm. need our attention and time as well. And so she's been a great voice to help us pace ourselves for the long haul. Yeah. And, that, and that's my wife as well. Yep. A lot of wives are, I think wired that way. Cause we put our nose to the grind and don't look up and we're burnt yeah. out. They're burnt out. And, you know, well, it's, it's yeah. why for kids, you know, my kids yeah. have been that barometer as well. And mm -hmm. I, I've just, I've been reading uh, do over by John Acuff and I've become oh, a, yeah. I've become a John Acuff fan. I'm reading through all his <laughs> stuff right now. And, and he, and cause he's got these little poignant checkup moments that I'm finding very helpful for me. And he was talking about leaving Dave Ramsey uh, and, you know, walking away from that organization to, to do a do-over. And he said one of the things, he said, because I, he said, I organize chaos in my life. He said, chaos, kind of, I kind of feed that. And I look, yeah. I love to travel. I love to do all this stuff. And he said, I, I used to use Dave Ramsey as my excuse why I was in such a, had such a chaotic life. And he said, when I did my do-over, the only person I could blame was myself. And, um, uh, and he said, we were talking with the kids one day and somebody said something about me not, you know, having a real job anymore. And one of my daughters said, well, his job now is to spend more time with us. Oh, and, wow. and he said, that was just a gut punch, you know, yeah. to me that yes, this is a big part of my job to be with mm -hmm. my family and not cheat them as you know, as I go, go, go and do, do, yeah. do. And so, yeah. uh, <laughs> as you do, 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 as I do, do, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I, yeah, th those are great reminders for me because I have that tendency to just go and go and go. And so, mm -hmm. so anyway, well, great, great words. Uh, all right, we're, we're moving into the really important part of this podcast. I mean, these are the burning <laughs> questions that everybody wants to know right. about right. Ryan and Laura Hairston. Yep. And wow. so, <laughs> that's right. So we'll do rapid fire here. And uh, Chad, you lead us off. All right. And uh, y'all just alternate answering. Well, what, what is the book that's had the most impact on you guys? Gosh. Um, okay. So I'll, I'll, will I'll give a missional book. It was probably the first one I read was right here right now. Cause it was super practical and tangible, hmm. but just personally, it was probably lean in by Sheryl Sandberg. So wow. from a female perspective, just yeah. to be able to lean in and step up to the plate and, uh, for others to learn how to partner with women and awesome. not to be afraid of us. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I would say, um, 
kind of missionally speaking, I would definitely say Untamed and Road wow. to Missional have been two significant books. I would say personally, um, The Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. Hmm. Super significant. Okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, biggest strength in ministry, biggest weakness? Oh, maybe we should give each other's biggest. <laughs> I know. Let's hey, you that. can. Yeah, hey, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, Tell Lord. me my strength and weakness. Okay. This um, should be easy. <laughs> Your biggest strength in ministry. Ryan is a, um, he's a huge evangelist, so hmm. he can get people to come along and mission very easily. Hmm. Um, and he proclaims the good news like it's nothing. So, I mean, that's, that's an awesome thing to have. Um, weakness. I think we already talked about it is just to, to go and then oh, yeah. he's a starter of things, which is fantastic. Yep. Just sustaining relationships sometimes, you know, it's my weakness. It yep. All right. I would say for Laura, she has no weaknesses. Good answer. Good answer. I would say twofold. One it's um, organizationally, she gets stuff done hmm. um, and she can, take what I do in eight hours and do it like in 30 minutes. Yep. <laughs> and I would say additionally to that, she is a great um, read of people. She's a good shepherd. And so she kind of just, she knows and what people need in that and kind of wherever they're at. I have um, a weakness. Your w weakness is that she is a bit of a, um, <laughs> The bit of a perfectionist. I wish people could have seen y'all's facial expression through the, <laughs> the encounter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. There we go. Yeah. F favorite hobby or pastime? Uh, favorite hobby. Um, I'll do favorite hobby. Um, we have kids. We do. We no longer have them. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no longer have hobbies or pastimes. Honestly, no. it probably would be. I like, I mean, I like to work out. I know okay. that sounds like, no, it's good. I really like to do that because I could do it with friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like exercise, spend time with family, anything outdoors. Um, I love and cooking. watching frozen on repeat, right? Oh yes. And frozen. We love <laughs> cause you have daughters. <laughs> Actually not Milana. We Ma to okay. Milana. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah I have to smoking food. Um, so that's been kind of fun to learn how that's to neat. Smoke food. Smoking food. Smoke food. <laughs> that's yeah. better than other things you could smoke. <laughs> that's right. So, that's uh, right. We're not into smoking these days. <laughs> uh, All right. Favorite movie? Oh. So we just watched Spider-Man last week. Yeah. I liked it. So I like movies that are really a little bit, that have a little bit of action and that really have no point and kind of. Yeah. I, no, I'm, I don't. Either like a singing movie or oh, um, or law shows. I let any movie that has to do with, with law, law and order. I'm all about. Wow. Well, you got a lot to choose from. So singing know, movies or, or law movies. shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you can find yeah. a combination where lawyers sing, you're mm -hmm. in heaven. That's exactly what? right. <laughs> So have you seen like all 20 seasons of Criminal Minds or something like that? I need to watch that Okay, one. see, I didn't know. Make sure. <laughs> all right, favorite band and musician? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I anything country-related, I've been listening to tons of Hunter Hayes, but my favorite Pandora station right now is 90s Love Songs. <laughs> so yeah. like Boys Kin and Carey. Yeah, that's my... I, um, awesome. I, I stink at music. Like, I just don't know a lot of music and bands. I like listening just to country, like something you can be outside with. You can sit by the pool. You can grill out to just chill music. Yeah. Some good old, just <laughs> some, some songs that reference sweet tea and yes. yeah. And, and fried chicken and, and meat and meat. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. See, that is that is not relaxing music to me at all. <laughs> that is that is nails down the chalkboard oh. kind of stuff for me. So uh, Dave is anti pop 
culture music uh, oh. like he's he if it's not unique he's not interested Any, so most yeah. most of us normal people <laughs> are completely boring and uninteresting to him when it comes to music taste uh, okay here's here's insight into my soul here uh in the my unique musical taste i'm driving home i had to do a funeral saturday uh for a dear friend and uh uh was driving home getting a little sleepy and so i, I pull up spotify and start looking through i'm up I'm a metal guy, you know, and so I found I found wow. this folk metal playlist. And so it's all these <laughs> Swedish and Finnish and Scandinavian bands that incorporate traditional folk music with with kind of metal overtones. It was it was the most awesome thing I've ever heard in my life. It was so much fun. Laura's <laughs> <laughs> face looked like she it, just, yeah, it. just smelled a skunk or something. So you got you got heavy guitars and then they'll have these violin and, and tr- it's stressing her out. It's stressing her out. <laughs> it was just so much fun. And uh, I actually found two bands that I have since downloaded music from that were just just amazing. And uh so, I would I, not have pegged you for a <laughs> guy. Oh, see, back in back in the day, you may not have known this about me, but I used to have hair to my butt and sing in a metal band uh, wow. called Hadrian. I you had hair to your butt, but I didn't know the band thing. Wow. Yeah, so I'm a singer, and so any music I listen to has to have good singing. I mean, that's a that's a requirement. Yes, I agree. So, uh, which rules out most country for me. And uh, <laughs> shots fired. Way yeah. too twangy. Uh, but there are several that I love. Hey, whoa! Did you just say way, yeah, way too, too twangy? twangy? Yes, yes. <laughs> now listen. Have you heard? This? Listen. I know. I know that my voice is uh, is an acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all I, you, I don't sing that way funny? though. Yeah, you got time. I got time for a quick funny story. So last year, or two years ago, uh, Laura had, we had our third child, um, and we're sitting in the um, the operating room, because oh she had to have a C-section, and the anesthesiologist comes in and sounds just like you, Dave. She's like, <laughs> is that David's mom? <laughs> he showed up for the birth I mean, of your child. It was your twang. It was unrecognizable. Yeah. It was recognizable. I mean, I was yeah. Dave drove all the way down to Frisco to give pastoral care to the Harrisons and, and drugs. <laughs> well, I, I was at Exponential this year and walked into uh, Ford's room, was talking to Hugh, and Terry Ishi had his back turned to me. And, uh, and of course, he's lost a, so much weight, I mean, yeah. almost didn't recognize him. And he turns around, he said, I thought I recognized that voice. <laughs> And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you live in Austin, Texas. And, uh, so, <laughs> well, you know, you got to be known for something. Yeah. And that's, that's it. right. That's right. <laughs> hey, we, we loved it. We love this. Love hanging out with you guys yeah. and uh, appreciate y'all being really? on today. This was so fun. Thanks for yeah. having us. You bet. You bet. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. give a, give Forge website where people can check out Forge America, all that stuff real quick. Yeah, you bet. Forgeamerica.org. Um, I'm sorry. Alex.com. .com. Always get that confused. <laughs> I should know these things if I'm the national director. Uh, only a few weeks in, so I'm still getting... Um, still trying. sorting out the website and stuff like well, that. You're not, you're not the organized one, so you know, your right. organization queen there just took care just of Just Google Forge America. You'll find us. Forgeamerica.com. If anybody wants to learn more, we have monthly informational webinars, so oh, people yeah. can just log on. We do them once a month. Um, talk about how you can participate in Forge or partner with Forge. Uh, so cool. we'd love to have anybody that hears this a part of that. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks guys so much, and uh, we love you guys. Glad to get to hang out a little bit here, and we got to do it in person here before long. So there we go. Absolutely. All right, great, great interview there with Ryan and Laura. Uh, I've known them. Oh, gosh, I guess it's been about seven years now, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, thankful that. You know, Brad Briscoe introduced me to them and the whole Forge crew and uh, just great folks that there are, are really, you know, it's not just talking about mission, not giving lip service to it, but living it out day after day mm-hmm. in their neighborhood with people who don't know Jesus and, and helping their kids 
Now, I love the story about their daughter, you know, blessing a new kid in school and the teacher's saying, hey, let me tell you what your daughter did. That's when you know that, okay, you're on the right track. It's sinking in. Uh, Jesus is coming alive, you know, to our kids. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, uh, so gosh, so many things they said, I've loved the stories about the guy mowing his lawn and the, the workout moms that said, Hey, you're meeting my daughter. Can, can my daughter come too? And, Mm -hmm. and then this group of teenage girls that Laura begins to mentor grows into mom saying, Hey, can we have a group? And then the dad's coming to Ryan and saying, Hey, our wives and daughters have a group. What about us? Can we have a group? And this church births, you know, out of this and, and they're steadily sharing Jesus, steadily drawing them into look into the Bible for answers to their questions that they mm. never would have done before. Right. Uh, and, and it, and it's happening naturally. They're not having to manipulate the system. Uh, that's one of the things I've just loved about you know, Ryan and Laura, but, and, and they said this, it, it takes that first step to agreeing to a 5 a.m. workout. Yep. Hey, yep. I'll do that for yep. you guys to, uh, and it takes having an awkward conversation <laughs> with your neighbor. And, yep. uh, I yep. wish I could have seen that unfold. That mm-hmm. was just, you know, been so funny, but God opening that up and him being a connector to the rest of the neighborhood, yep. you know, Person so peace as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I just appreciate the, um, you know, their willingness to step out. I, I think we've, We've said that it's not hard. Living on mission is not hard, but it is inconvenient. It is. That's right. It's not difficult to befriend people, really. It's not difficult to bless people. It's not hard, but it is inconvenient. And I think we've learned that a little bit, stepping out in some areas that God's called us to. Uh, especially where we live, that it's not it's not difficult. It just requires a lot of time. It requires a lot of uh, patience. It just it is it is inconvenient. And and yeah. and so they they've kind of I think testified that it requires you to go to five a.m. Yep. To, but if she had never gone to that, would they have a church in their neighborhood? So I think, and I just love that that you know they're doing mission together as a family. I feel like so much. Of church planting, especially ministers, we just leave our families out of our ministry, and to see them doing ministry as a family, doing mission as a family, and that the catalyst to birthing a house church was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, yeah, is phenomenal. Absolutely and incredible, and shows you the opportunities you have as a stay-at-home mom. Maybe it's not easy. Yeah, you know, maybe it is inconvenient, but it's not hard to yeah. join God where He's working. Well, and and it. it you know, it kind of shows that, you know, I've heard somebody say, you know, I can't get any work done. I keep getting interrupted. Well, maybe the interruptions are the work. Yeah. You know, in those conversations, I heard uh, Vince Antonucci, who planted church on the strip in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. say one time, he said, he said, did I want to spend, he was talking about a recent conversation he had with a guy who was struggling with homosexuality and, and uh, was suicidal. And he said, did I want to spend my evening, you know, four hours talking with this guy he said that wasn't in the plans but it was in god's plans Mm. you know to to wait into you know this guy's life and and invest in him and minister to him and and he said it's those moments like that that are are not planned they mess up your schedule they cause you to you know make a sacrifice in that moment to to think of somebody else more highly than than yourself but in those moments when you give generously like that and are empathetic to somebody else's situation then Jesus steps in and transforms lives yeah. and uh and I think that's you know one of the things I've loved about Ryan and Laura is their their church is built on those kind of things yes and uh, you're not a mass mailing campaign, not you know a, a cool weekend service that they started, but wading into the lives of people who don't know Jesus mm. and sharing Jesus with them and how Jesus has changed their family's life yeah. in such a way that uh, they you know, they don't want to do anything else. Yeah, you know? and and two, did you notice Ryan said a couple of times that? We didn't just ask the question, what value do we bring to our neighborhood, but what value do our neighbors bring to us? That's right. And I, or what benefit even he said? What value, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, just what a cool thought to think that maybe your mission is going to be furthered by you receiving something. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we've, we've 
tried to figure that out a little bit in our own lives too of asking people to borrow things and letting people borrow things and you know not just being the neighbor that has to be so giving all the time right but also being willing to receive and and i think that does build a relationship that builds a connection with with people builds friendships when you when it's a two-way street exactly yeah Yeah. you know and and a good friend is someone who helps you and you help them yeah and i think we're we're uh, Laura said it, you know, that sometimes we sacrifice, you know, the vertical relationship with the Lord for the horizontal. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we sacrifice horizontal for the vertical. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think in our focus on the needs of others that we give, 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 and we have a hard time receiving. Yes. Back. And sometimes, but a true friendship is going to be, you know, a back and forth, give and take. And, mm-hmm. and if we don't receive sometimes and we don't find value added in others, uh, then we are missing part of that equation, I yep. think. And yep. so, yep. Uh, um, so yeah, I, yeah, you know, so many stuff. This is a, a long interview, but a great one. Yep. And, yep. uh, um, well, we got a two for one. Yeah, we, we did. Got, that's right. That's right. One, so. And, uh, and so, and they are a great, great team, a dynamic duo, if yes. you will. And so, yeah. uh, so Ryan, Laura, thank you again. And, uh, you're a blessing to us and a blessing to many across the country and looking forward to seeing what God does, uh, Ryan with you guys in your new role with forge and, uh, great things to come. I know. And so, all right, we're going to kick it over. We're going to forego bookshelf today. And, and, uh, since that was such a rich, good interview we didn't want to cut that one off too quick so we're going to forgo bookshelf and, and they uh, recommended a couple of good books they sure did and you recommended untamed so i did you know, yeah just check back it's a semi bookshelf it's a semi <laughs> i will come back to untamed at some point yeah. there's some things yeah. and do over as well by acuff because yeah. uh, both yeah. those are are i've got some really good stuff i'm learning yeah. from those and so uh so you Check future episodes for those. Oh, yeah. But uh, we're going to kick it over to story time with Uncle Neil right now and uh, for a great Arkansas church planning story. All right. Once again, great story from Neil. Uh, I love hearing people enjoy those. Mm-hmm. Uh, just little pictures of what God's doing all across Arkansas and, and how he's shaping and changing uh, not just – people's lives who don't know Jesus, but those who are sharing Jesus as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, so love love that time. All right, we're going to wrap up. Uh, after a great interview with Ryan and Laura Hairston, uh, check out ForgeAmerica.com, see what what they're doing and, and uh, what all's going on, going on with Forge. Uh, great stuff, uh, just great missionary formation stuff. Uh, got some great interviews coming up. Uh, with uh, Sam Roberts, pastor at First Baptist Stuttgart, and we're going to talk about some partnership stuff with him and some convention stuff with him. Uh, John Mark Page, who uh, was a missionary in Indonesia for 10 years, church planner over there, and now has come back to Arkadelphia, Arkansas, to plant a house church network there and talk to him. And uh, I've got Wade Burnett from Multisite Solutions coming up. So kind of diverse group of guys on the horizon there. And uh, and our annual meeting this year in November, we're going to try and do some live podcasting and do some different panel things there. So uh, you'll, we'll, we'll share more about that coming up. That'll be fun uh, there. So come join us for that in November. All right, thanks for listening. Check us out. Leave us reviews on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, uh, podcast is growing a little bit, and we're excited about that. So thank you guys for that. And uh, if you got any ideas for who you'd love to see interviewed or how to make this better, uh, drop us a line at the grind at ABSC. Uh, .org, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or the Grind uh, AR on the tweets. Yeah, on the Twitters. <laughs> and uh, so check that out. And uh, thank you guys for hanging with us. Until next time, Dave signing out. Keep grinding. Yep.